0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org
1: How weird is that? Let's think out loud for a second, can we? Isn't that strange? I think that's strange, don't you? Whenever I hear somebody come out with a gift of tongues the gift of tongues is a gift that's in the Bible and it's, oh, here it comes Is there any ice in the slice Isn't that? The gift of tongues is something that's in the Bible. And so, and it's, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit that comes and God gives us each different gift, doesn't he? To one, he gives the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. And there's one in there called the gift of tongues. I don't know about you, I've always found it really odd. Or is it just me? And even this morning, sat there, hearing somebody come out in sort of this strange language, is weird, isn't it? It sounds odd. But the great thing about it is that we know differently. So however odd it might sound, if you're fairly new to church, if you're not a Christian, if you think, oh, that is really, really strange. What on earth was going on over there? What was that woman saying? But God's Word says, you know, don't come out with those tongues unless there's an interpretation, yeah? And so when Pastor Phil starts talking then, it's a... You know, you're sitting there, like maybe I'm sitting there thinking, that sounds like uh, God speaking. Again, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Does God speak through a person? Yes, He does. And so, what you've heard this morning is God speaking to us in a unique way, coming to us and showing to us, I am a unique God, and I do things uniquely. He doesn't just do it through the preacher, he doesn't just do it through the convener, he doesn't just do it through reading His word. By a tablet or a Bible. He does it through unique and strange and weird and wonderful ways. And do you know the great thing this morning? You and I have been partakers in something really special this morning. How does that make you feel? Isn't that great? When God comes by His Spirit, He comes for fun, for recreational purposes, to have a little bit of a chat with us. No. Let's right-size. I've said this before. We need to right-size God, don't we? God is an awesome God. God is a holy God. God's Word says, God is not mocked. God rules the universe. God created the universe. He is a mighty God. And when when we are in His presence, we need to know our place. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to put you or me down here. But He is our God. And so when God comes by His Spirit, something dynamic happens. And He says, listen, I need to tell you something. I need to communicate something to you. And you may not listen to it via the preacher, you may not listen to it via the person you've had a chat to beforehand who I've tried to speak through to speak to you, so I'm going to come in a unique and a strange and a wonderful way and I'm going to come by the gift of tongues and by, by then coming by the gift of tongues, I'm then going to put that word in somebody's heart to interpret to you in the English language and that's what we've experienced this morning isn't that cool? How great is that? Not only is that great, but how blessed is that? Yeah? God's word says to us, his word doesn't return to him, what, void? It doesn't just bounce back to him, does it? No, God's word comes and it deposits something in your heart and in my heart. And I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever, as I'm standing here in flesh, flesh and blood, I have no doubt whatsoever that somebody, a few of us, many of us, in this building this morning, that word is for you or for me. I have no doubts. Why? Because God doesn't, word doesn't return to him. Void. He doesn't do it for the sake of it. You and I have conversations with people sometimes to pass the time of day for the sake of it. But we wouldn't have a directional word or something like that, would you? They would think you're really odd if you did. So, the news is this. And this is great news. I've got some fabulous news for you. You are meant to be here today. Eh? For such a time as this. I'm no back pocket here. I've got last week's card that Pastor John preached a great message, didn't he? So I've got the card. Choose this day. I mean, God comes and speaks to us through the prophetic word, through tongues of interpretation, through his written word, through his spoken word. This verse comes alive every single time we are hearers, isn't it? Because choose this day whether to listen to his word, park his word, or ignore his word. And... and The word that was given this morning is in line with my message, but clearly, because of time and everything, I'm changing this as I stand here. How clever am I? Because the subject matter of my message this morning was going to be, are you a man or a woman, before I get any accusations, are you a man or a woman of your word? Can your word be trusted? Ask yourself that question. Can your word be trusted amongst your family? Amongst your group of friends? Among those in your church? That's important. But can God trust your word? It's a big question, isn't it? And in a short while, we're going to show a video clip and then we're going to sing a song as well. So we're changing around a little this morning. And we're going to be challenged again. And we're going to be challenged to respond to the challenge. Since 1801, the motto of the London Stock Exchange has been this. Dictum maien, pactum. Now there's somebody very clever in here who will know that. Other people have seen my message so they know what that means. So, but does anyone know what that means? It means my word is my bond. Not as in James Bond, uh, young teenagers. And this... Motto, sorry, expresses the, the practices and the sentiments of the London Stock Exchange. Because back in the day, everything was done on somebody's word. Yes, there were paper, uh, there were written up contracts, etc., etc. But in the main, the transactions that were carried out at the London Stock Exchange were done on the shake of a hand. You can see in some films, what do they do? They do that, don't they? Actually, no, I won't do that. And the assurance that was placed in the document was purely the assurance of the individual's word. Now bear in mind, the London Stock Exchange now is massive. You're talking billions and billions of pounds. Back then, it was still, there were millions and millions of pounds worth of transactions taking place. So trusting somebody's word was something to be taken very, very seriously. Not to be fooled around with. The word pactum, that's where we get the word pact from. Pact means an agreement, a treaty, a promise. What I promise, I'll deliver. A covenant. Now one word you may have noticed that I just mentioned there, that you may have heard a lot in this church, is the word covenant, yeah? And a covenant is a formal agreement. It's a written Agreement, more often than not, it's a legal agreement between two or more parties. And do you know the word covenant? It appears over 320 times in the Bible. How amazing is that? It's only mentioned 20 plus times, 23, 24 times in the New Testament. Mainly in the Old Testament. And using a covenant was the way that God used to sort of communicate with his people. It's the way that we, he would sort of... Uh, the word transact doesn't do it justice. But you know what I mean. It's the way he would set up an agreement with his people. And he does this because a covenant is a promise. It's a promissory note. It's like if I pulled out a 20 pound out of my pocket, which I don't have, but imagine I have. What does it say on that 20 pound note? I promise to pay the bearer of this note, 20 pounds. It's called a bearer note. It's a covenant between the Bank of England and myself. So if I go into a shop, they have to honour the, the £20 note. If I go into a bank, they have to cash and give me £20 in change or whatever. It's a promissory note. It's a covenant. And it's the same with God. God has covenanted with us. I thought that were getting an amen, but never mind. I'm doing one of yours now, Andrea. Yes, I will now. <laughs> I need to flick my hair and sort of dance and jump around and sort of wear high heels maybe. And so... And you, you may have noticed that, you know, we've got the Old and the New Testament. Uh, the Latin word for, for covenant is testament. So that's why we've got the New Testament. So that is a covenant between God and us. And you know the good news is? Oh, thank you, Pat. The good news is God does not go back on his word. God does not break break his promises. So the covenant you and I have in your hand, next to you on your seat, at home, wherever it might be, that sword that you have in your hand is a promise from God. An absolute promise. That 20 pound note I don't have is a promise. But if the world's economic system collapses, that won't be worth the paper it's written on, will it? But if you burn every Bible in the land... Every Bible in the world. If there's no Bible left, those promises will still stand because God does not allow His Word to return to him void. How good is that? Listen, to this one then. Ephesians two says this. Therefore, remember that one time you Gentiles in the flesh were separated from Christ, alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, listen. To this covenant. But now, in Christ Jesus, you and me, who are far off, away from God, with no hope, have been brought near, how? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is a promise you can take with you to your grave. That is a promise that cannot be gone back on. It does not renege on his promises. So we stand, and we, and this is why... I found myself getting all emotional this morning. Have I you noticed? I was crying a bit. We sing, here is love vast as the ocean." What a beautiful song, isn't it? It sums up our testimony, doesn't it? And the assurance of being standing God's house, with my heart bursting with gratitude, with my hands in the air. Why? Because I can sing to the old hymn, "This blessed assurance, Jesus is mine." No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His promises are yes and they're no. And he can't renege on them. And I'm glad this morning, not you, I'm thrilled this morning that God has covenanted with me. I'm thrilled for you. I'm delighted for you. But i tell you what, I'm really delighted for me. Yeah? Are you thrilled for yourself this morning? Do you have that feeling in your heart? Do you have that feeling when you sing the songs we've been singing this morning? Does your heart burst? Do you want to say, Lord, I'm so grateful that you have covenanted with me this morning and I'm in your house, I'm in your presence and your promises will never return to your void. Your promises are there for me. You've covenanted with me, God. You will never go back in them. My hope, my eternity is assured. How does that make you feel? I'll say one thing. It makes my heart burst. However, are you, and am I, a man or woman, of our word? We've already established that God's a God of His word, and that when He covenants with us, He does not ever, ever, it is not possible for Him to go back on His word. But how about you? And how about me? Do you know, I wish I could look myself in the mirror, I wish I could stand before God right now and say, Lord, I never go back in my word. But I'm a human being. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. It's in my DNA to not obey him. Sadly. But what that doesn't mean is this. It doesn't give you, and it doesn't give me the excuse then to just discount that and say, I can't keep my word, so I won't keep my word. Because remember what Jonathan said last week? Really good point. I don't want to misquote him, but along the lines of, by deciding not to do something, you're deciding not to do something. So by deciding, do you know what, I can't keep my word, you're deciding, I won't keep my word. You're deciding, I can't keep my word. And 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 this this is going to impress Ian Morgan, although he did pick me up on his yesterday. The Jerusalem Bible says this. Although it's probably a newer interpretation, so you probably think it's rubbish. No, there we are. I knew we'd say something. Jerusalem Bible says this. Do not let your mouth make a sinner of you. We used to sing a little song in Sunday school. Remember that one? Be careful little feet where you walk. Be careful little eyes what you see. Yeah? Be careful little ears what you hear. Do we say be careful little mouth what you say? I've just made that one up. Then that's a new line in the song. <clears throat> I'm a songwriter, but so often, you know, when we're challenged, you no. Know, and I'm listening to what the prophetic word is coming through Pastor the this morning. I don't know about you. I take this away. I'm going to say it now, right? Please take that. It's not saying this in a big-headed way because I'm super spiritual or anything like that. You know me. But I'm a leader in this church, so I sort of should be fairly spiritual. shouldn't I? I should be fairly much, you know, a Christian. All right? Well, I should be. God knows my heart. But if I feel that, and I'm a leader in this church, then we surely should all feel that, shouldn't we? Do you know what I'm saying by that? No, you don't. Okay, so there we are. You think I'm being big-headed, but I'm not. That word is for every one of us. Every single one of us. Because every one of us this morning is challenged to keep our word to Him. And we're going to sing something in about 10 minutes, and it'll challenge you to your core. And it's going to challenge me to my core. Because I know I'm going to have to sing that line. And I have to sing it, and I'm going to have to mean it. But that comes later. Nobody likes an exaggerator, do they? Nobody likes somebody who's got too much to say for themselves. Nobody likes somebody who likes to deceive people. Nobody likes a liar. But what about somebody who doesn't keep their word? Do you know I struggle with that? If somebody exaggerates, they think, Oh, fair play to him. Carry on. I know the truth, so it doesn't matter. If it makes him feel better, then that's fine. My father never exaggerated. My father always exaggerated. If it was a 20-meter shot on target, it was 40. If he ran a try-in from 20 yards, it was 40 yards. If the fish he got was that big, probably that big. Given to exaggeration. Yeah. I don't know if Roger does that. Does he? I don't know. No, he doesn't. No. Roger just frames his fish and gives it to his wife for anniversary. There we are. <laughs> But what about that person, and we all know them, they promise so much, but they never come up with the goods. They say, I'll be there. Listen, I know, I know last time I wasn't there. I'll be there this time, I promise you. Oh, I've changed. And they don't turn up. Well, that person said, I, I had it this week with work. And I shouldn't have these feelings. But you know you feel like driving to the office, smashing his door down, picking up his computer and throwing it. <laughs> I said, listen, and I play hardball now because I can do work, because I'm good. <laughs> and I've been there a long time. I'm not big-headed, no. I'm joking. I said to this guy, listen, the meeting is not going to happen because you won't be there. Because he's never there. He always lets me down. Right, listen, I need to see you. I really need to see you. I said, when you say you need to see me, does that mean you need to see me or you want to see me? And if it suits, you'll be there. No, 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 no. Abs- I will be there. Guess what? He was there. No, he wasn't. <laughs> didn't turn up. Blew me out. And you know what's going you know what's coming, don't you? Beep beep, beep beep. And your attacks I didn't even read it. I knew what was coming. I read it but now we later it. Oh, there it is. Something gone wrong again. So if he picks up the phone on Monday, so I'll read, really sorry about shoes. Can you come around in a couple of weeks? It's really important. What am I going to think? Yeah. It'll go on the bottom of my queue. Yeah, okay. As and when. That just, that's just annoying because that's work, isn't it? But think this one through. We come here on a Sunday, we go to house group on a Wednesday or a Thursday, we come to YABC. And we say to God, God, you know what? I'm really going to change today. Today's a new day. Something's happened there today, God. And and you know what? I'm going to change my ways as of now. I'm going to give you everything, Lord. I'm, I'm going to follow you wherever it takes me. And within an hour, that promise is not worth it. the papers written on. You see, it doesn't bother me, that. It only bothers me if, you know, it would only bother Pastor Phil if I said, yeah, I'm preaching this morning. I didn't turn up otherwise it's no skin of his nose is it other than organizationally but how does that make God feel if you break your word how does that make him feel think about it and how does it make you feel knowing hang on a second hmm I said I would do this I said I would be like that I said I would put that to one side I said I would never do that again well, here I am yet again, yet again, I've let myself down. And that hurts to think of that, doesn't it? It hurts me to think that, you know, one day, I was talking with Ian about this in the week. We told me this in house group, I think, was it? I can't remember. People treat God like Santa Claus sometimes, don't we? He's like the, like the tough fairy, you know? But God one day will God will judge us one day. Do you know that? I don't know if we realize that one day we will stand before God. How sobering is that? You and me, one day, you will stand before your maker. And sadly for me, probably, when he looks at the promises that I've made and I'm delivered on, it'll be like Bruce Almighty when he opens the filing cabinet. we (laughs) just... It just keeps going. Oh, Mark, look at all these promises, mean, I'll be like, "Oops, here we go." I'm in for the long haul, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be here for months, and that will pain me. Just watch a video. Um, we can watch a video for a second. And this is uh, a video. It's, taken, it's a film clip from the film "We Were Soldiers," one of my favorite war films. Okay. And the film is based on a true story. And it's about Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore. And Hal Moore was called um, the Custer of the Vietnam War. He was asked to go into La Drang, which is in Vietnam, to take his men into an area which was surrounded by the enemy. The battalion next to the sister battalion, less than a mile and a half away, were completely wiped out. Not one man survived. And Lieutenant Colonel Hal Mosh, paid by Mel Gibson, all the women go, ah. Oh. He's paid by Mel Gibson. Had to take his men into this zone, knowing full well the chances were they weren't coming out. I just want to listen to what, and this is taken from his speech, I say it's delivered by Mel Gibson. Listen to what he has to say to his troops before they leave for battle. Thanks, guys. look
2: around you in the 7th Cavalry we got a captain from the Ukraine another from Puerto Rico we've got Japanese Chinese blacks Hispanics Cherokee Indians Jews and Gentiles all America now here in the States Some men in this unit may experience discrimination because of race or creed, but for you and me now, all that is gone. We're moving into the valley of the shadow of death, where you will watch the back of the man next to you as he will watch yours, and you won't care what color he is or by what name he calls God. They say we're leaving home. We're going to what home was always supposed to be. So let us understand the situation. We are going into battle against a tough and determined enemy. I can't promise you that I will bring you all home. But this I swear before you and before Almighty God that when we go into battle, I will be the first to set foot on the field and I will be the last to step off and I will leave no one behind, dead or alive we will all come home together.
0: So help me God.
1: That's powerful, isn't it? And he actually said that. And to hear what he said, he promised I will leave no man behind. And if you read the history books... Uh, Of the battalion, most of them were killed. But not one body was left behind. And he was the first man he survived. He's alive today. He was the first man to step foot off the helicopter. And you can see that in the film, if you watch the film. And he was the last man to put his foot back on the helicopter when he left. That's a real man, isn't it? That's a man of his word. That's a man who will go... Where anyone would go, with all his troops, not relying on a promise. You may not know, but in real life, he's he's a Pentecostal. He's an amazing man of God, and he was um, very active in the preaching ministry as well, and um, a man of real integrity, and real blessing to those who he fought with on on the battlefield. You can see what it would do to the troops that day, wouldn't it? Knowing full well that the man who was leading them into battle gave them his word. And they knew him well enough because of his reputation. They knew his word was his bond. And he meant what he said. I'll be the first one on there. I'll be the last one off there. And our ability to do what we do, and to respect that we garner from people around us—the people we work with, the people we're in school with, the people in our families, the people in our churches—is born out of that integrity of our heart. Yeah, it's what's inside of us. It's what makes you you. It's what makes me me. And Proverbs twenty one verse twenty three says this "Nenavi, those that guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. And the problem is when somebody is the type of person who says something and does the other, what happens? You lose your respect for them, don't you? Well I do anyway. Because I like to think that I'm a person of my word. I try my best to keep my word. And I'm one of these. I'm built this way. Because I try to keep my word, I sort of expect you to keep your word. But when somebody's not like that, you, you lose respect for them, don't you? Your trust to them goes. And neither it's like Jonathan said last week, they're choosing not to keep their word, or they're just plain arrogant. And we all know plenty of people like that. But somebody of integrity will always uh, endeavor to be completely reliable. Always do what they say they would do. Always carry out what they've promised. Paul says in Philippians, he says, Be sincere and be blameless. Be a person of integrity. Let your heart shine through um, in your actions. And God, you know, God has... Certain characteristics isn 't he his character, and the characteristics of God we often um, speak of them when we we 're in church He has characteristic of holiness uh, of compassion of righteousness, graciousness, mercy, etc, etc, to name but a few, but the Bible speaks also of his actual character, and his character is never changing. The Word of God says. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. However long as you can project that down the track, God will not change. He can be counted on. It says that his word is everlasting. In other words, the promises, his covenant to us, are everlasting. They will always be there for us. Isn't that wonderful? You see, the way I see it, God has the ultimate in integrity. And he wants us to be people of integrity. I work for a company, uh, go on record here, so I might get picked up on this by HMRC, but we'll see. I work for Candle Life International. 90% of my work is inheritance tax mitigation, which you're all thinking, what on earth is that? doesn't matter. And as I said before, we sell pieces of paper. Well, they're not actually pieces of paper, but and we do trust planning. And do you know why we're regarded, and we are regarded as the number one in our field? Bannon. It's because the word integrity, because the integrity of of our trusts. What does that mean? It means they've been tried, they've been tested. And this year we celebrate one of our trusts, it's 25th anniversary. It's got 38,000 policyholders. Every single one has passed the HMRC's test on death. Every single one, and so a term that's often used in our circles is, and the name of our trust, not a pitch, the flexible version of trust. It has integrity. Why? It does what it says on the tin. It delivers. What it says it will do, it has always done. Its integrity is intact and it remains. Now then, it's not God. It could fail probably will fail at some point. Future policyholders, please ignore that last comment. Past performance is not necessarily a guide to the future. (laughs) It's my disclaimer. I'm off. FCA won't chase me down. (laughs) But it has an integrity. And what you and I need is we need to have spiritual and personal integrity. Because know how that is borne out. It's borne out in the way you treat each other and I treat you and you treat me. And it's borne out, more importantly, on the way I relate to God and the way that God relates to me. I'm just looking to change a few things here because I'll be too long otherwise. People of integrity, sadly, in many cases, they're a rare commodity, aren't they? But, you know, if you've got so many integrity, do you know they're the easiest people in the world to deal with in work? They're the easiest people to deal with with personal issues. They're the easiest people to deal with in church-related matters. And, and you tend to find that the relationship with God tends to be um, something that to them is so important. Why? Because they in- understand integrity and integrity of spirit. And I believe this. Somebody whose word is their bond, somebody who is as good as his word, Somebody who will say, I give you my word and that. Somebody who tends to hold fast to those values and has integrity. You tend to find that they have such a close link with God. Because they understand his integrity and he understands theirs. And so my challenge this morning, (coughs) gone right off on a tangent from, probably used 5% of my notes, but there we are. When God turns up and speaks, Through his gifts, then you go with it, don't you? So my word to you, and my challenge to you this morning is quite simple. Do you mean what you say? Sorry, I'll rephrase that. Do we mean what we say? I'm not pointing the finger. Do we mean what we say? Can God trust you with your word? Can God trust me with my word? When I make various commitments to him, Does he look at me and see an integrity of spirit and says, I know they mean that. Because I tell you what, this is my opinion. If you disagree with me, fine. Pick it up with me later. My opinion is this. We want to fill this church with people who don't know Jesus Christ. We need to be people of integrity and people of our word. We need to shine light, not sing that we're going to shine light. We need to be salt and light, not say we're going to be salt and light. We've got to be people of our word who say if we will do something, we will do something. That when we say, I will pray for you, I will pray for you. When I say, I will be here, I will be there. That I will be there. And I will be here. No, doesn't make sense anyway. <laughs> people of our word. That I can look you in the eye, and you can look me in the eye. And that when I say to you, I will pray for you, you know well Mark is going to pray for me. But we're going to sing a song. Guys, if you can just come quickly. Just realize it's gone half an hour. Sing one of our favourite songs. You might think, well, why are you singing this song? It's a bit of a strange one to, to sing. I didn't know whether to preach this word at all until a couple of weeks ago when we sang this song in church. And do you know some of lights go on? Yes, that's it. And we sang the song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. On which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain. I count but loss. And I just pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should bore. Save in the death of Christ my Lord. Yeah? All the vain things that charm me most. I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head. His hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow. Don't you love that word flow? Sorrow and love flow mingle down there such love and sorrow meet Our thorns compost so rich a crown Now we can have beautiful words were the whole realm of nature and mine that were an offering far too small love so amazing, so divine. And then the last line is what I'm focusing on demands my soul my life my all So we're going to sing this. And after we sing, I'm going to challenge each and every one of us on this. Let's stand, shall we? Thank
0: you.
1: Father we thank you this morning when we survey the wondrous cross I wish the Prince of Glory Lord you the Prince of Glory the one clothed in majesty the one who created our universe who sits on the circle of the earth the Prince of Glory died for you and for me Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you this morning. We give you of our thanks for dying for us. For allowing cruel men to put a crown of thorns into your flesh. And you did it for us, Lord. You did it for us. Lord, we'll never take it in. Lord, we'll never understand it boy, it's enough for us to say a great big thank you this morning thank you Lord, let's say thank you come on people, let's just say thank you right where you are thank you Lord Jesus when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus another challenge this morning is this I don't want you to think that I'm having a go. I'm not having a go. You know the beautiful thing about God is this. He knows you so well. And he understands things like circumstances. He understands that. I was talking to somebody in the week. We talked about the word radicalize and radicalization. ISIS have stolen that word radicalization. It's not a a Muslim term. Do you know what? We could radicalize ABC. Do you know that? Where you worship this church and not God. It throws everything out of kilter, doesn't it? When we get that wrong. It's not about this church. It's not about what the leadership think. Or the person sitting next to you. think It's about what's going on between you and God. That's what's the most important to you. And God knows you. And he knows how easy or how difficult it might be for you. He's not a fool. He knows when things go pear-shaped. He knows when things throw you completely off on a tangent. He knows that. He's a God of mercy and a God of love and a God of grace. And he loves you to bits this morning, yeah? He loves you to the, to the very core of your being. He knows what you're going through. And you might be saying, You know, Lord, I want to, I want to say, demands my soul, my life, my all. I want to do that. But you know my circumstances. I, I just, I can't do that. I'll tell you what, He knows better than your circumstances. He knows your heart. Because His heart, it's your heart that God reads, it's my heart He reads. And because your circumstances sometimes get in the way of a commitment level you feel you want to make or can make, God knows your heart. Isn't that beautiful? And so there's the fine balance, isn't there, between saying, Lord, I give you my word on this and being able to carry it out. Because sometimes you think, well, I, I want to give my word on but I can't because I can't see it through. I can't carry it out. So I'm going to be a fraud. So I'm Better to say nothing. But better to have a right intention and struggle with that right intention than to have no intention at all. So we're not going to make an appeal or n- nothing like that. So all I'm going to do is this we're going to pray in a second. And then we're going to sing this song again and I'll hand over to Mike. So. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. That if you are saying this morning, Lord, you know me. You know me, Lord. You know where my heart is. You know where I'm at, Lord. You know precisely where I'm at. You know what I want to be in you. You know what I want to do for you. but I, I, Things are getting in the way. And, but you know my heart, Lord. If that's you this morning, we're going to pray for you. You pray that God will come in and seal this word into your heart so that you leave this place saying, well, Lord, I'm going to give it my best shot. I promise you this, I'll give it my best shot. I'll do what I can. I'll try and be a man and woman of my word. And Lord, I'll try and commit to you as much as I can. And as long as you choose to do that, as long as you choose to say that, then God reads that and knows that and understands that. So right where you are now, close your eyes as Paul plays us still our hearts let the Lord speak to you where you are right where you are now let God speak to you Heavenly Father just pray for anyone in this house this morning that you may have spoken to through the worship this, this morning or you may have spoken to through your, your word through the your servant via tongues and interpretation or whether through this vessel called me through your word in some way shape or form however you've communicated this morning I pray this morning that Lord you will listen to what my heart is saying to you Lord Lord you know me better than anyone knows me you know what my intentions are Lord you know where my heart is And Lord, I want to give you my word this morning that if at all possible, as of today, as of today, things are going to change. And Lord, and I really mean that. Lord, seal it in my heart, I pray. Seal it in my heart, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this. See from his head, his hands, his feet. And the last verse. See from his head. His hands, is
0: feet. The Uh the-